0: Hey guys, this is a quick programming note. My baby, Anhae released her comeback teaser after I recorded this episode. Um, I'm not going back, so fuck that. So what you're going to hear is a whole lot of pre-teaser angst and longing for Hwasa to come back. But don't worry, um, I plan on devoting the bulk of the next episode to everything Hwasa. So until then, enjoy this episode and be easy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 4 with the Sun podcast. This is the first episode, and I'm super excited.
1: Oh, ah, uh, oh, ah, uh, oh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, uh, oh, uh, hey. Make it wow I can do it right now. Da-da-da-da-da-day. da do do make it wow Like a shooting star. Da-da-da-da-day. Ow.
0: Okay, so like I mentioned in um, kind of the episode zero, um, the way I want to kind of um, uh, lay out this podcast in every episode is I'm going to basically have two parts. Uh, the first part is just going to be just kind of the around the table to just get the updates on what the girls are doing. Um, I'll mix up the order, but for today, I think I'm just going to go in birth order. Um, and so solar, moonbill uh, we and, and Hwasa ended up with Hwasa and but I'll mix it up throughout um, and then uh, so that's the first half so we're just going to do you know just kind of summarizing kind of what's been going on recently I'm not going to hit on everything but just the things that I liked and, and I thought were really cute and interesting and then in the second half of these uh, episodes then I'll be doing um, what I'm calling the resonance round where I do a deep dive and I thought that today would be uh, really cool to just uh, for my residence round just kind of go through my origin story like how how did I become a fan of Mama Moo? and you know where where did I start how where am I on my journey and all of that stuff and I felt like that'd be a good you know first episode you know sharing um, of, uh, you know with you guys just kind of build up and you can get to know who I am a little bit better so without further ado we're gonna go like I said in uh, birth order we're gonna start with solar and then uh, we'll just do a rundown of like, what's been going on in their lives. All right, so starting with Solar, um, let's talk about what she's been up to. She does so much stuff, oh my gosh, um, so it's hard to keep up. But here are a few things that I thought was just just outstanding um, from Solar. So, you know, number one thing that happened recently was, you know, Solar, uh, uh, along with other kind of South Korean artists and, and along with other artists around the globe, really, uh, they uh, Solar was featured Um, as a part of a global concert event called uh, World is One uh, 2021. And I'm reading a a tweet from Stellaris22, um, which says that the event itself, it was a digital charity concert, and it was designed to draw attention to children all over the world uh, suffering from COVID-19 and will show the power of music to unite the world. Um, I thought that was outstanding. Um, So I I sat up uh, uh, and watched it when it was live so it was broadcast on like youtube um live i think there was like another link somewhere else as well but i watched it on youtube and i watched the whole thing it was really good of course they put her toward the end and i kind of knew that but i wasn't sure um so i just watched the whole thing um i'll just side note i did like i think uh who uh itsy and it was she you know i i really do like Itzy as well i like their appearance and there were some other ones that i uh that showed up in the um, the concert event as a whole that I really, really liked. Um, but of course, you know, who stole the show from me, from my perspective, was Solar. So, um, Solar, she came out, I think at first she did a song uh, called Hello. So, hello. She was wearing like a, a white um I wouldn't say ball gown, but I guess, you know, maybe she was getting married that day, but it was like a very nice, formal dress, and it had, um, so her shoulders were bare, she had, you know, her long hair, so extensions for days, but then it was like coming across, she had it swooped off to the side and coming, you know, um, off uh, so all of her hair was on one side so she had like one shoulder bare. She had her own microphone, so her personalized microphone, which I think her color is beige. It's the same microphone that you see, you know, she did the other concert, the online concert for um Mama Moo. Um and it was also in um uh, what was the the Promise You video with Moonbule. Um so I thought that was cute. So she had her own microphone. She sounded great oh my gosh so you know it had the the backing track she's singing live obviously and then even just to prove it just to kind of you know just in case you didn't know right that she has all the chops they actually dropped like in the middle of the song they dropped the background the, or the back backing track and then so she's singing acapella or acapella excuse me See I don't even know these words. Oh my gosh. But she's she's singing a cappella and right when she, you know, she has this booming, you know, hello kind of refrain in in the middle of the song and then it's it's very touching and such and then and then the the music comes back in and she starts. It's so funny to see any of the members from Mamamoo. They're still kind of like interacting as if a um an audience were there so she's all like you know woo, you know you get the and then she's like encouraging the audience to clap and things and like you know I know she's just in front of a camera and maybe the staff but I thought that was cute and she just looked she looked gorgeous um as always and I loved the styling overall so that basically they had them and so she was kind of um uh, so, and, and let me just say the production of the event, like everything went so smoothly, like the transitions from one artist to the next was very impressive. Um, and, and I, I had a mental note to look it up who, who was like the, the, the showrunner for the, the production. Cause that was, it was outstanding. Um, and then um, overall, so she, she sang that song um, and it's basically the, the arrangement was, you know, she's in the middle of like, I guess, a, a, a soundstage And you know how these days with the virtual, you know, appearances, they have um, uh, video screens in the background, uh, maybe showing, you know, people who are tuning in live and um, whatever they want to broadcast. So it could be, you know, um, background you know, almost like a concert that goes with the song itself, you know, just kind of showing vistas and images, or it could be the fans in the behind there and all that stuff. So it was just really good. Um, So she was just standing like singular, there was no choreography, no background dancers or anything. And she just had, like I said, her beige mic, and she was just blowing, you know, through to the roof. Um, She sounded remarkable. And I just want to say that. So after Hello, uh, I guess she, like, went off and maybe she was changing her clothes or something. Because when, when we eventually see her again, she is actually has her hair pinned up. And then she's wearing, like, a black, um, you know, after five type of a dress. Just like a miniskirt type of a situation. And um, uh, so what I liked about it, so while she was away, we actually still saw her. Because they, you know, they, they had the two hosts of the uh, event um, they did, like, I guess, the, the event theme song. So it's like a World is One type of a theme song. And it was a cute song, and they basically had dancers and, you know, children from around the world. And then, again, with the screens in the back, they actually showed some of the artists, you know, kind of dancing along, almost like a, you know, a TikTok um, challenge or something like that. So in in the background, you could see – so in the foreground, you had the – the dancers in, in real life and then in the background they had just baby video edits of some of the artists and stuff doing the, the, um, the dance as well. So in the background you saw Solar and she was just in like jeans and maybe like a crop top or something. I, I can't remember um, but she's doing the dance to this World is One theme song which is kind of cute. Um, they had it had like a swivel leg type of a, a chicken dance um, similar to like um, Huyen's watercolor. Uh, as well as, like, you know how Dinga starts up and it's like they're revving the engine or something like that? Um, and they do like their kind of swizzle legs. It has that, it had that kind of uh, pop, uh, fun, you know, dance feel to it. I thought it was cute. Um, and then, uh, so we saw her there. And again, I think in real time, she was probably changing clothes. And then the last time we saw her, uh, she was doing the um, Michael Jackson uh, kind of tribute song. They did uh, a new rendition of Man in the Mirror. Uh, and it was like Solar, Sita Garrett, and like two other artists that I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but basically it was very, very good. So, part of it, I couldn't tell um, which part, well, I feel like uh, some parts obviously were pre recorded, and they also incorporated children's voices into it. I thought that was a nice little touch. And then, um, but then Solar was singing live with the kind of pre recorded stuff. Um, and then the whole thing was being broadcast live uh, as well. So it was, I, I would love to see a breakdown of like, what was truly live? What wasn't, were they all live? Um, and if so, I mean, how did they do the timing? I mean, just around the globe, like, you know, just kind of that asynchronous timing of everybody live and to be in, you know, vocal harmony with each other, um, you know, because yeah, there are melodies, I think they were overlaid on top of each other. So I, it was just really interesting. I don't know how they did it, but it, it was flawless in the execution. And again, hat tip to the director of the event because it was awesome. Um, and I just want to say a quick shout out to Cita Garrett. So basically, Cita Garrett, um, so just, uh, I mean, if I could just take a look at her um, um, Wikipedia page here, you know, just cutting edge news desk stuff here. Um, But basically, you know, she's an American singer and songwriter um, that's done some, you know, backing vocals for a lot of artists. So, you know, Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, Donna Summer, Madonna. And I actually looked it up, you know, she did for Madonna, she did background vocals on the original songs of like Papa Don't Preach, uh, La, La Isla Bonita,
1: La Isla Bonita. And when the sun
0: okay, I just demolished that, but you you get the drift. So, you know, again, she this this girl has been out here for a while actually. So she's done background vocals for not just regular songs, but these classic, you know, American discography type of songs that will go down in history. And one of them is you know Michael Jackson's "Man in the Mirror." So it's outstanding. And um there's a little bit of an origin story there because uh on Twitter, um, so Sita Garrett had um uh interacted with uh Mama Moo. Like she saw them I think uh, early in their career, like maybe they had I think they debuted I wanna say twenty fourteen. So there's some um tweets where she was talking about this group that she had just discovered, um, named Mama Moo and she had seen them in concert. So she, you know, I wanna say around twenty sixteen era. And, um, so she, and then she even gave them a shout out whenever they did the want to Be myself song, um, recently as well, maybe a few years ago. And, um, so, so Sita Garrett, who's like this, you know, um, background vocalist extraordinaire, who's worked with virtually everybody, Grammy award winning. Oh, let me go back to her wiki. Um, so yeah, so she's been nominated for two Academy Awards uh, for best original song and then she's also won a Grammy award for best song written for visual media uh, which included um Love You I Do um from Dreamgirls uh the the Jennifer Hudson version of Dreamgirls from 20- 2006 So this woman is great. And I'm sure from, you know, uh, I think some of the uh, Moo Moo's were involved, maybe, you know, uh, diving into her DMs (laughs) and kind of reminding her of this, you know, powerhouse group called Mama Moo. And I think, you know, while Sita Garrett was maybe tasked with, you know, doing a tribute song as part of this um, global concert, I think she remembered Solar And said, you know, maybe called her up and said, Solar, you know, let's do this thing. Let's do the thing. So I'm sure that's how the the conversation went. Certainly. I'm sure. Sure of that. Anyways. um, So I just thought it was really outstanding. I mean, good job for Solar. I mean, and I, you know, when I was watching it, I mean, it was very like historic. And, um, you know, I was just proud of, I mean, I'm sure others um, can feel me. But, you know, when... Um, There was just an an immense state of pride that I had when I was watching. You know, just like she did so well, and um, even in the Man in the Mirror, she was doing like ad libs and stuff, and like just doing these kind of vocal runs on top of everything, and and it was just super cute. Um, And it was almost like watching, you know, baby's first recital, right? Like I was just so proud of her, and I know, um, you know, she 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 is flawless. Like there was nothing wrong with her performance. I couldn't even nitpick if I wanted to. It was, it was outstanding. And I know, um, you know, as the, the different members are doing their solo activities, um, I, I feel like solar, you know, yes, she's doing her solo activities, but sometimes I feel like she even as a leader, I feel like she's doing activities, that would once have been Mama Moo uh, like full group activities. I feel like she's also so in addition to her solo stuff and the stuff that she wants to do obviously. I feel like she's also taking on the mantle of representing Mama Moo in kind of these types of maybe um events and activities. Um almost ceremonial if that makes sense. And and I'll expound on that in maybe later later episodes, but I just have that feeling like, you know, she's the ambassador of the group obviously. As the leader, and I think she's kind of taken on that role even in her solo activities. So I think that's just really interesting overall. Okay, so let's switch gears and go to Moonbiol, my baby. They're all my babies, but here we go. So uh, Moonbyul, um she's been um, you know doing her studio Moon Night. Um, I think she they do two episodes a week, um, and you know she's just been around on like IG. I actually would uh, lucked up and you know caught her on uh, IG live um the other not the other day but maybe it was like a more than a week ago now or so and one thing that's been striking me is the fact that Mumbul Mumbul and I I'll, I'll get her name I just haven't ever said her name out loud this much so I I'll get my reps in and I'll get better at just saying her name um more seamlessly but uh Myung-byul, uh she's been learning English uh so in one of her recent IG's um she or no no excuse me I think it was a fan meeting um, you know, she, somebody asked her like, Hey, your English is getting better. Are you studying? And she's like, yes, I am studying. Thank you very much. And she's like, I, I you know, talking in English and you can tell her comprehension is getting a lot better. Um, and I thought that was outstanding and it's a marked, even in Mama Mamamoo TV, like when she was talking about that, um, uh, English designer that she likes the, his clothes, what is it? Tom Thorne or something like that. I forget his name. Um, but you know, she's stringing together phrases and sentences i mean she's getting her point across and you know this is her starting point i mean she's only gonna get better so you know good for her um i and i just want to say like one quick you know kind of observation because so right now you know i'm a mamamoo mamamoo excuse me is still you know a group of four and they will always be a group of four but they're obviously all you know focus in on their separate solo activities and um, I think they are looking ahead, like, as they're doing more solo stuff, because, I mean, literally, physically, their schedules don't align to even do that much on the Mamamoo side. Um, so as they're doing their solo stuff, you know, whereas before, like, when they were all four of them together, Solar would be, you know, like, you know, that one person in the group has to do the English, you know, to their international fans and stuff like that. All of that um, uh, burden would always go to Solar as the, the best leader uh, to do all the English stuff. But I think now that we're seeing, you know, all the girls doing their separate thing, their solo stuff, they're living and operating by themselves, you know, so if they're talking to executives, if they're, you know, planning and coordinating for themselves, if they're, you know, doing their own stuff, they themselves, so each and every member, you know, Moonbyul, Wien, and Huasa, I think they're going to be more and more required to do their own English, right? <laughs> so I think all the girls, and actually I saw it, you know, remember the, the I think it was either a V-Live, I think it was a V-Live, where, you know, as part of the Where Are We Now, um, where you had the Loser Crew, so Moonbyul, Wee-In, and Hwasa, uh, you know, and they started their own band, and it was just hilarious. I actually watched that live, and it was just, I had no idea what they were saying, but I was rolling. It was hilarious. Um, But even in that, you know, how you're like, hello, hi. And then they were like, um, you know, sorry, but, da 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 And then they were like, you know, is it like a but, but, or a but, like almost and. I mean, you know, even in their discussions amongst themselves, I and mean, just when they're just shooting the shit and playing around, their English chops are coming through. So I just want to say all that to say, I think the girls separately are going to be speaking more English. And... It looks like Moonbyul is actually studying. I think everybody else is maybe learning by osmosis or something, but I think Moonbyul is actually maybe paid a tutor or something because she's actually, to me, making the most progress. Um, And I'll just say also, I'll get to Wien, but Huyen, she's around, I think, more English speakers, like Ailey speaks English and others. Um, I feel like she's going to learn probably more English just conversationally um, uh, better just on her own. And then Hwasa, like I said, she had that campaign for the the Seoul Marathon. And her enunciation on her commercial ad was outstanding. Um, I forgot what when I get to Hwasa, I'll try to, you know, talk about that. But, um, you know, so I'll just say, you know, a word on English. You know, Moonbyul is learning English and she's going to be our English queen um, sometime soon and then also with Moonbiul um so she recently celebrated 100 episodes of her Studio Moon Night uh show on NAVER NOW and uh, so she had like a special episode devoted to that and i thought that was cute so they had a cake and um and then also she also did uh, a few episodes later she did a cute halloween show with a uh, purple kiss uh group and where she was dressed up as snow white and they were like the seven dwarfs and it was just so cute somebody made a comment online that they look like Um, you know, Moonbyul was the teacher and they were the students or something like that. Um, and then Moonbyul, uh, so everybody was remarking on the fact that she was wearing a dress, you know, against Snow White. And she's like, oh no. And then she like does the most dude bro thing. Like she just raises up her skirt and shows the fact that she's wearing pants underneath this dress. And I thought that was funny. Um, and it's, it's so, you know, Moo. but overall it was like adorable. Um, and then, you know, only other thing I wanted to just kind of say here is, so recently she had a show with, I think it was Sogum and Mino, Minwa. Uh, again, I'm not saying these right. So please, my apologies to everybody. Um, but uh, Moonbyul had, uh, I think, you know, she had something to say about turning 30 and and actually being 30 years old. So I want to just, um, so this, I'm going to read from a translation from uh, Luna Estrelados. Um so l-u-n-a-e-s-t-r-e-l-l-a-d-o-0-s lunaestrelados anyways uh she or he or, or they let me just say they they do an excellent job of doing the translations for studio moonlight and other things so if you follow them on twitter you can kind of get the real time stream of like what people are saying and it's really good like if you're I mean, in one, in one instance, I actually had, you know, the, let's say the, I think it was the the best album comeback. And the, you know how they did the comeback show on Studio Moon Knight um, with the four of them. So I had that up on my computer and I was listening. And of course, I didn't know what the hell they were saying. And then on my phone, I was able to just scroll through and see kind of the real time tweets from this uh, account to, that does the English translation. So I thought that was just really good. And of course, after the fact, you know, a couple of days later, you know, generally, you know, the Moo community, they've been great. They'll upload a YouTube video with the English translations. Um, but you got to wait a couple of days on that. Um, so yeah, so just putting that out there. So according to her, and this is her translation, so shout out to her, or, or excuse me, shout out to they. And again, this is Mo- uh, uh comments about being 30. So she says, You know, I'm actually 30 years old this year. I used to think that I'll have lots of thoughts of what should I do when I'm 30 years old. But now, I don't feel anything though. I have the thought of wanting to live for myself and living while doing the things I want to do. Uh, So that's the kind of the end quote. So Moonbyul, like I said, I just like her vibe. And she seems like as she's kind of embarking on her new decade of life, um, very settled. Like So basically in those comments, she's saying, like, I thought... You know, she, she thought before she turned 30, she thought she would be worried about what she was doing and where the hell she was going on, you know, and, and probably feel a little bit of anxiety around 30, but you know what, that's the, that's the truth of 30. Like once you turn 30, things kind of start to settle down and you start to be, um, you know, more confident in how you're kind of moving and shaking, you know, and, and navigating the world and i think that comment kind of shows through of like where her headspace is right now and it's just good to see love to see it um so just overall i mean i'm happy for moonbyul and her success as an mc um on her own show um i think her guests kind of really appreciate that long form uh, nature of the conversation uh which is focused on their craft but know also as people Um, so everything seems very comfortable in that show and and for k-pop idols I'm sure that they appreciate that overall Um, we do know that Moonbyul is working on a comeback uh, but I don't think we know much right now Um, I think she's been working on songs for a while now Um, I'm thinking all the um, uh, all the upcoming solos for all the girls actually they've been working on it for a while um, so I feel like next year, 2022, is probably going to be, you know, the year of Mamamoo. There's going to be one after the other after the other. Um, and it's going to be high quality stuff. I would love to see full albums from each of the girls as solos. Like, that would be amazing. Um, and I think um, a full album from Moonbyul specifically would be amazing as well. So um, let, uh, let's, let's see what happens. Um, so that's going to end the um, Mamamoo, I mean, not Mamamoo. <laughs> That's going to end the Moonbyul portion. I can't even talk anymore. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. That ends Moonbyul. We're going to move over to Wean next. Okay, so Huyin is next. And, you know, Huyin, she's been living her best life. Oh, my gosh. Um, so she's posting regularly on Instagram. And um, of all the posts, I mean, I think she posts, like, every day. It's just crazy. Um, so one of the, I, I like this series. I think she had a series of pictures where she was, like, on a swing set at night. Um, I thought those were cute. And then, in a recent one, she was also wearing, she was like wearing like a sweatshirt and some pants, and um, basically there was, uh, uh, she had like a a doi- a lace doily type of a thing, um, kind of tucked into her pants, but was hanging freely, kind of down her back half. Um, so basically, she had this, um, you know, piece of cloth, you know, draped over her butt and you know her legs, um, and the caption that she posted was the English translation of it was, uh, "It's not a tablecloth." And, of course, Twitter, you know, showed the side-by-side images of tables covered in tablecloths that looked exactly like what she had draped around, like, her lower half. And it was just, it was hilarious. Um, And I think she does that on purpose. Like, um, during the watercolor um, behind the scenes, um, she was in, like, a blue dress that kind of looked like a shower loofah, like a plush loofah. Um, and she was like, don't CGI me into a shower plush, wink, wink. Right. Um, and she's, so I feel like she's like totally in on these jokes and she, she even tees it up for her fans to kind of take it and run with it. So I thought that was funny, um, overall. So also it's just been really cool to see, uh, Huyin and Ailey, um, or, uh, I think that's how you say her name, right? Ailey or Ailey. Uh, I'm going to go with Ailey. You guys can feel free to correct me and I'll watch a few more videos because actually I'm new to her. And I'm just coming up to speed on Ailey um, myself, and I know she has a voice. So, you know, I, I've i seen her a little bit before, but obviously because of, you know, what's been going down with her previous management company, like, you know, the amount of stuff that I have, you know, first of all, I wasn't here because uh, I, I just became a K-pop enthusiast maybe last October. It's been one full year for me. So I don't really know that much before that, but so I'm, I'm learning uh, about Ailey and basically you know Ailey and Huyen they, uh, they are two artists at The Live which is a company that is now doing their management um, so the solo management for, for Huyen and um, I I like that to see like Ailey and Huyen kind of in that you know I like you but I still getting to know you and I'm feeling you out <laughs> kind of stage of a friendship you know how that goes um, so really cute. Um, and Ailey just had a comeback, and I think it's actually her first one for the live. Uh, so she's been, like I said, she's been through some shit, you know, in her past uh, with her prior company, and they were very, you know, stifling and, and limiting of her kind of creative um, endeavors. Um, so, uh, but I, I think she's, you know, she and and they seem like they're in a um, good space with their new company. And it seems like, you know, they're close to being, you know, they're already like sisters, you know. And they they even favor each other a little bit. Um, Somebody on Twitter was, was remarking on that, like how they actually kind of look alike. You know, they look like sisters physically. And um, they both seem to be, you know, goofy as hell, which is great. Um, and But Ailey is just now getting familiar with uh, kind of Weehan's special brand of goofy. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> Weehan, whew she she's crazy i mean all the girls are and that's why we love them so much um but so one one cute moment was when so ailey was doing like i guess a v live around her comeback and out of nowhere huyen pops in with a cake and you know with candles that are lit and stuff and she just you know i think the whole thing lasted like two minutes she was just coming by to say hi and congratulations on on to, to ailey on her comeback and in those two minutes like Wee-In started interacting with the camera, and you know how she does. She does like this noise, where she's just like, oh, "I'm gonna try to do it." And she's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, ah. and she sometimes she like kick up both of her feet, like doing like, ah, you know, um, and so she'll do like a little head head shake. Um, I can't even explain it, but you know, it's a trademark ween sound of like happiness and joy. And so she did that, obviously, because she was happy and joyful around Ailey's comeback. And she did it into the camera. And there was like a hand gesture and stuff. And Ailey was like, "Are you? what are you doing? Are you high-fiving the camera? And, <laughs> and everybody, I'm sure, everybody who's like a wee fan was watching that. It's like, oh, Ailey, you have no idea. You know, just wait. You'll figure it out. It's just we being Wee-In. Um, and you'll just learn, okay? Uh, but yeah, so, but it's like, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I'll have to practice. Maybe an offline, I'll try to practice that and be better for it. Um, and then the, the last thing about uh, Huyin is I'm loving her appearances on all these shows. So the most uh, one I want to highlight is, um, I think it's called Begin Again. And it's the open mic series um, where she's been doing a few covers. And they've been very, uh, so she did, so I heard the cover of, it was like a, uh, of EXO love shot. And then she also did a cover of BTS's Dimple. Um, And she sounds great. Um, So very stripped down, um, kind of unplugged and very easy, um, but almost like a solemn vibe uh, overall. Like, um, I I think it was, I mean, it wasn't necessarily sad, but it was just, you know, it's like a solemn, like, you know, we're going to, everybody, let's commune with this music that you're about to hear in this kind of acoustic fashion. I mean, it was just really good. So good for her. And she looks, I mean, she looks outstanding. I love, I mean, she's just, out here living her best life at, now that she's you know kind of disconnected her solo work from rBW I'm just saying but I've I, a quick word on that I know wean has always been I think happy because some people are saying oh, she looks happiest now away from rBW and I think yeah she's happy but I feel like um it's just I mean you know we've seen these girls they're growing up and we and I want to say what is she 27 26 27. Um, And, you know, again, with age comes experience, you you get more settled into yourself. And yeah, as you're pursuing your dreams, I mean, yeah, that's you're going to literally glow when things are going your way, when you do have confidence in your path. Um, So and it's going to just physically look different. So I, I, I don't like it when sometimes the moves, and I know what they're trying to say, but you know, they're comparing, you know, today's happiness with yesterday's happiness. And I think she was I mean, of course she wasn't, um, um, you know, they're, you're growing, they had to hustle and grind and to get in and really put it all on the line every single day. I think, I mean, and their come up, I mean, I feel like they, I mean, in one interview they said that they did like four performances a day, you know, to, to try to pay down debt and things like that. Um, and now they're debt-free living their best lives. So, I mean, of course, you know, I, I feel like, Huiyun was happy, and of course, she had some mental health issues and stuff like that. But I feel like she was happy, and she had joy, and she really loved being, you know, part of the core MAMAMOO and the come up. But to compare that happiness to, like, you know, the happiness of and of uh, and fulfillment of, you know, being an established artist, <laughs> I, I think you know it's just gonna look it's gonna look different. It's gonna hit different, and I think that's separate and apart of whether an RBW is involved or not. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, and any new opportunity, like, you know, I feel like, you know, once you graduate high school and you go off to a new chapter of college or, or a new job or a new whatever, you get that, you know, extra pep in your step because it's a new chapter just overall. Um, and, and believe me, I am not defending RBW, um, but I, I just don't like it when, People try to compare happiness at different stages of a person's life. It's, it's an unfair comparison, um, and, and it's kind of unfair to Huyen because uh, it's almost saying like she wasn't happy with her group before, and, and that's not the case. I think she was. You know, again, they were they were having the times of their lives, um, but again, it was in the hustle and in the grind, and um, as they were doing things that were, you know, they were trying to follow their dreams. So again, that. Um, You know uh, happiness is different when you know you she's now again this established artist and she's able to kind of not she's not floating or coasting but she's she's is less I would think now she has the the latitude to focus in on what is the work what's the creativity and what product or what do I want to bring to the fans and not necessarily be burdened by the worries of am I going to make it right. Um, so again, that's going to look different. It's going to hit different. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing right now, but yeah. Um, but that being said, you know, Huan makes me happy. <laughs> so, um, and I love that she's doing well. Um, and it, it seems like the live, they're treating her very well over there. Um, and if they're not treating her well, I mean, I mean, if they're not treating her well, <clears throat> then, you know, we all ride a dawn. I'm just saying, <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, don't mess with we Wien. And um, just overall, I just want to kind of end it there and say I look forward to seeing more appearances from her. Because, again, um, you know, they're doing a lot of promotions, you know, the live. They're doing a lot of promotions for her as a new artist. I mean, that new artist photo spread was amazing. Like the red hair. And I feel like everybody was questioning what, what color. It's a strawberry blonde, I think. Uh, is So that red hair. But it, it's more of a strawberry blonde to me. That's what I would call it. Um, but that whole, you know, the parachute new artist spread was outstanding. Like, I still look at those pictures today, and it's just amazing. I mean, she looks so good. Um, and, you know, again, I feel like they're treating her right over there. So kudos to her, and kudos to her for just being brave to step out on your own. I mean, that had to be have been one of the bravest things you could possibly do. And I also, I hope, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get a, a real documentary, but I hope in the documentary, they don't shy away from those types of things. Like, I would love to have been a fly on the wall when Huyen informed, you know, the members. I mean, did she do it all together? Or did she, you know, tell Hasa first? And then she told... Who did she tell second, right? How did that conversation go? Like, you know, when... How did the conversation go between Huyen and Solar when Huyen was like, you know what, I'm gonna part ways with RBW for all my solar work? Or or, you know, their family. Did they already know it was coming? You know what I mean? And and did they counsel her, did to, to say, No, you know what, for you, this is your best, you know, we we support you, da 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 and and was it like a group decision even, even though it was her life and her decision ultimately, but you know, did she consult with them along the way? And maybe she did, you know what I mean? I'm I'm pretty sure she would have done that with Tewasa or Hey, you know what if? Because she's so close to Huasa, maybe what if Huasa was the last person to know, right? Um, in terms of her leaving, because it would probably represent the most important um, thing to Huasa. Um, so you know. Uh, so, anyways, I, I, if there is really a documentary, I would love for them to cover how did the how did Huyin inform the members about her leaving rbw for her solo work that would be compelling tv to see i would love to see that or you know maybe maybe we'll have to wait a couple years but i would love you know i would love to get to a point where they feel comfortable talking about it so maybe three five years from now you know they just have an open mic and then you know maybe they're doing a you know three meals around a campfire and they kind of talk about like you know Hey, when you told me you were leaving, I was pissed. <laughs> or, you know, when, hey, when you told me, I, you know what? I may have been sad, but I knew that was the best decision for you, right? You know, like I would have loved for them to kind of powwow and talk about that and just be the fly on the wall and hear that conversation overall because I'm just so curious about how that actually went down. Anyways. Okay, so that's, that's it for, for Huyen. Again, I want to see more of Huyen. Uh, more appearances and, and it looks like she is on a PR role so I would love to see that and I, I think I don't know if it's out yet but I think I've seen some um, stills from she looks like she's wearing her watercolor white with a, a white hat but she's performing outside I don't know if those clips have made it out and have been circulated yet or if it's been released yet but I'm, I think the next thing we'll see is maybe a, a watercolor uh, dance performance or something um, outside Um, so I'm looking forward to that and we'll see what shakes out there. But, uh, so with that, we're going to end Huyan and then we're going to, uh, uh, turn over and go to Hwasa, who's my favorite and kind of give a rundown of what she's doing. Last but not least is Hwasa. So what is she doing? I don't know. Um, so I know she's, and it's been announced, so she is preparing for a solo comeback, right? Um, I think it was announced last month and since then we haven't heard shit. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, not a damn thing. Uh we haven't you know, there's been no teasers, no dates have been set, no nothing. We got a whole nothing burger, uh, that has been sustaining us um like air. Nothing. Uh so but we do here's what we do know though. So all joking aside, um, we do know that she's working hard, right? So I know personally and I'm not trying to uh, weight shame or anything like that. But, you know, I feel like she's losing, you know, before every comeback, they talk about they go on a diet. And I know her last comeback for, for Maria, she actually hurt her back. And I'm sure that interfered with her dieting and stuff. So I feel like to me as a Western girl, right, I feel like her wh- Maria comeback was actually she just she just looked to me normal and healthy. Um, and but she had, you know. Whereas normally I think she probably would have lost a little bit more weight, I think because she was laid up and, you know, all that stuff and she physically just couldn't do a lot of things. I feel like she probably packed on a few pounds and, and so during her Maria, um, uh, promotions, I mean, to me, she just looked healthy and vibrant. And I know in some of the, uh, interviews, like she may have even been sitting on like a pillow or had like special, you know, back, uh, support and things like that. Um, and I'm sorry she had to go through that. I mean, it just seemed really tough. I, I, again, I, this is predates me as a fan because I, I just became a fan in 2021. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, for this comeback, so now that I'm seeing, you know, so I've, I've, I've gone through and I've watched all of those videos and all those interviews. So now I'm looking at this comeback and basically I see, I mean, it seems like she's just losing a lot of weight. Um, so she's like skinny, like teeny tiny. And my, like my mama bear, instincts are kicking in and i'm like you know is she eating well is she getting enough rest is she drinking fluids you know all this stuff right um and um and i know again from the maria promotions that you know she it wasn't just a physical thing it was like an emotional she emotionally like invests herself in these works and in these projects and and again that's why we love the the outcome you know so much because it's so good and so real um and she definitely gets you know, emotionally vulnerable during these times as well. So I know it's like probably an emotional battlefield that she's going through and trying to sort it all out and put it into lyrics and, you know, get arrangements right and and then, you know, do the visuals. Like she's very hands-on into literally every aspect of the creation of these um, themes and and around the music and stuff like that. So I know that she's putting herself through a lot, um, you know, because she cares about, the The product that she releases out into the world right um so um, because of all of that, I'm just hoping that she is taking care of herself, you know at the same time um and again she's she looks good, don't get me wrong, I mean she looks vibrant, she looks happy, um, you know, she's living her best life, she's similar to we in, but um, I think she's right now she's just too skinny <laughs> and and I hope um you know hope she's okay, right um and so recently she was on um she was on I live alone uh so you know the show where they kind of just you know put some cameras in your house and um she does like the mukbangs and stuff like that uh she's so adorable so the the most recent one she basically they followed around as she was doing um her second dose um uh, of the vaccine and so she did a lot of like meal prep she did you know almost made if she had made like a pill before, excuse me, a pillow fort, I wouldn't have been surprised because she, like, kept pulling out blankets and pillows and she made herself, like, a nice little nest. And they even made the analogy of, like, a bird in the wild and, you know, nesting and stuff. It was funny. Um, And she just um, truly looked just adorable because she was in, like, oversized everything. Like, that's just her, you know, when she's not on stage, um, she just likes to be comfortable. And I think she was in, like, an oversized sweatshirt, oversized sweatpants. To the point where, like, she got out of a taxi, and I was like, are her cuffs, like, dragging on the ground? Like, she just, I mean, everything she wears is, like, you know, everything's big, right? Um, And she's just swimming in these clothes, and it just, is so cute. And she had her little, um, you know, her little backpack, and it was just funny um, to see. Um, And then whenever she, so she got the vaccine, and I, I think it's going to, she does a lot in terms of, you know, just kind of, you know, everybody... Once is checking for her, right? Everybody wants to know what she's doing, what she's eating, who she's seeing, what's what's happening, because she's so fucking cool. So I feel like she will single handedly, you know, after she does anything, after she eats anything, it becomes uh, known as the wasa effect. Like everything she eats gets sold out, everything she wears gets sold out, everything she does gets sold out. I mean, she went stardate, st- excuse me, stargazing, and the place that she went to, um you know, like literally the next days. You know, you had like a backup line of cars trying to get to that one kind of lookout spot. And then since then, I think they even refurbished uh, it and made it into like a, a community park as well. I mean, anything Wasa touches, you know, just flourishes and um, go- and also goes out of stock. So I hope through the vaccine, you know, to be serve as almost like a... Um, uh, public service announcement to South Korea, the Republic and fans around the world, like go get your vaccine. So I love that. Um, and I think, I wonder if, she, I mean, I know she's aware, but I wonder if it's conscious in her mind and, you know, does she do some, does she now do certain things with that in the forefront of her mind? Uh, Cause she knows that, you know, um, she can, you know, she has a platform or is she still just kind of navigating life and not caring and, you know, just doing what she, it works for herself. And I, I think this that's what she portrays. Right. But I also know that she's very intentional as well with what she does. So I wonder where the balance is. Like, is she, how, how aware is she with the things that she does in terms of how it's going to impact, um, you know, maybe, you know, uh, social and cultural, you know, or her, her culture, so to speak. Um, I don't know if I explained that correctly, but it's interesting. I am curious about that. And when she came back from getting the vaccine, uh, she, like, laid out on her couch, and, like, there's this nice little, they, a few seconds they spent on just, you know, this adorable picture of her. Like, she has her eyes closed, and she's all like, yeah, 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 yeah. right? Like, she's, like, she's about to pass out, and, um, of course, I right-clicked and saved it. Like, I have, my photo reel of Huasa alone is, like, 500 and something pictures, um, and it's just, and, and I even took off some and, and downloaded it to, like, my external storage. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love Hwasa anyways so uh, but back to the comeback Um, so one of the scenes in I Live Alone she's wearing you know just kind of like a house like a shirt dress type of a thing and it has is ridden up over her knees and her knees they show bruises and everybody who's a fan of Hwasa you know we saw those knees and we're like oh snap because back in Maria we I think they did a v-live where she was wearing just you know like a long you know shirt well not a shirt dress but it was like a, a long slip dress um, kind of like lingerie but it was just sleepwear um, and her it rode up and you saw bruises on her knees and somebody asked me, like, what's up with the bruises on your knees and she's like oh I'm working hard and come to find out because you know we saw the from the Maria video that she was doing a lot of floor work she's on her knees um, so everybody saw it so that was back then like a year ago now everybody's seeing the bruises again and we're like oh snap she's probably has floor work in the choreography for whatever the hell she's working on which we don't have any information on no dates no teasers no nothing no artwork no nothing right we have nothing but some bruised knees so I hope again she's taking care of herself wear some knee pads or maybe that's part of it like I don't know if you have to like build up um, you know, resilience (laughs) in your knees. So you, you don't put on pads, but anyways, but something she's doing requires her to, it seems to do some floor work and I can't wait. I'm just so excited. Also, um, you know, as we're, because we don't have a lot of information, we're just, you know, stuck, you know, reading the tea leaves, um, in her appearances. So on I live alone and, and, and other things, it looks like she has her hair clipped up with her hair clip, And it's probably her favorite hair clip. Um, If anybody has watched that Vogue, I think it was Vogue, um, kind of what's in your bag. And she, you know, talked about all the items that are in her bag. And she had this, you know, kind of heavy duty hair clip because she's like, it holds everything and it's really good. Um, And she prioritized that even over her wallet at one point. But then she's like, okay, I guess I need my wallet. (laughs) But um, now in these recent uh, clips from I Live Alone, um, she has her hair clipped up. And, uh, folks have been zooming in and kind of, uh, with a hypothesis that she cut her hair super short, uh, for this comeback. And I know she's, she's always had, like, she's had kind of mid neck and shoulder length bob before, like I'm thinking of hip era. Um, but I think now I think her hair is actually, I feel like from the, from the zoom ins that I've seen, it looks like she's, it's even like tapered in the back. Um, like, uh. And so I don't think her hair is any longer than like ear length right now. So she has like a super shortcut right now. This is my hypothesis. Um, so we'll see if we're right. But um, from what we've seen, you know, because it's kind of shielded. I mean, obviously she has any hair extensions right now and she's clipping her hair up right now as well. Um, so we can't tell for sure. But I think it's like I saw some images on Twitter and somebody, you know, put in you know, this kind of a, a hypothesis that, you know, she probably has a very short, short bob that's kind of tapered in the back, more so than she's done in the past. So I can't wait. Um, and then, you know, how like teasers, if they're going to come out, usually they come out at like midnight uh, South Korea, local South Korea time um, and every day or, or or to, you know, part of the kind of the hype cycle, you know, midnight is the time. So everyone around the world, so all of the Hwasa diehard fans, you know at their local time but whatever time of day is the equivalent of you know south korea at midnight they're all like okay today is the day and they everybody looks like clowns cuz you know every every day we we hype ourselves up like she's going to put out teasers tonight at midnight right and then it doesn't happen um and then the next day rolls by and we're like today is the day right <laughs> and it's just it's just so funny, um, and it's it's so fun to feel like a part of it because we always get, you know, we set ourselves up for the, the disappointment, right, because we're just so anxious and wanting to see, like, what is it? What's going to be? And when I see that first teaser, I'm going to lose my fucking mind um, with joy. So, um, you know, Chiswasa, if you are hearing this, you know, can we can we get some information? Can you give us a heads up? Can you let us know what's going on? Just please. Um Uh, You know, come on now. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I'm just playing. Uh, It's your world. Do what you want. uh, And we'll just deal, right? So love you. All right. Um, Anyways, um, and then the the last thing I wanted to say about Hwasa um, in terms of the roundup is that, um, you know, these days the only thing she does post on her Instagram are kind of ads for luxury brands. Um, So she posted a Tommy Hilfiger um, ad recently. And I thought it was cute because she had on a TLC you know like that TLC from the 90s group um, had, TLC was on the front of her t-shirt and it was just super cute um, and then she also posted an ad for Louis Vuitton where she's kind of draped herself across a yacht um, and she just looks so rich and refined it's just beautiful and then technically so there's like it's a, I guess it's in a marina where there's you know multiple yachts around so in the pic- one of the pictures or in in all the pictures actually the, there's a yacht behind her yacht and that yacht behind her is called Cinderella. Uh, so everybody's trying to figure out, like, is that a spoiler? Is it have something to do with her comeback? You know, we have no idea. Was it just a coincidence that are we just seeing, you know, making something out of nothing? Um, who knows? But uh, I just put that out there uh, in case it means something. So the yacht behind her yacht said Cinderella. Um <laughs> again we'll just look like clowns uh whenever the real stuff comes out and nothing has to do with anything um but right now we're like looking at you know everything from her hand gestures you know we're looking at her bruised knees we're looking at the you know zoom-ins of the back of her head (laughs) we're actually literally looking at everything to try to figure out what is going on with her comeback like i we just need more information so yeah, so I'll end it there. That's Huasa in a nutshell, like a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on, but I know that she's working hard and I know it's going to be so good when it comes out. So I cannot wait. Um, and, um, you know, with that, I'm going to go ahead and end. And that's kind of your roundup of everybody. We went through, you know, Solar Best Leader, Moonbill, uh, Cute and Sexy, uh, Wee Pup, Huyen, and then uh, uh, the Maknae, Huasa. Uh, so um, hopefully, you know, you learn something or it's just, you, you can commiserate with me in terms of like, um, how, um, you know, how much standing that I'm doing. Uh, I'm sure there are people out there that probably do more. Um, if I said anything in error or if you wanted to add to it, feel free to email me. Um, I'll put my email in the show notes and, um, you can, let's have a, an offline discussion. I welcome that. All right. Y'all have a good one. Okay. So now that we've kind of done the the round the table of like what the different members are doing, um, I wanted to have uh, what I call the resonance round, which is basically the second part to every episode. I want to kind of do a deep dive. And I don't know if I'll do it every episode, but um, if if I do, I I want to do it often enough because there's so many just things and items that I just want to explore a little bit further and to just talk in long form. Um, I know I cover a lot uh of stuff in the the news and notes uh, so it was my first time doing it so um we'll see like maybe i don't need a separate uh resonance round um you know because i kind of incorporate it as i'm talking about the members but we'll see so um just you know stay tuned uh, i'll be doing some optimization and refinement but i feel like um this would be a good you know just opportunity to kind of just talk about any any one or, or a couple of things that i want to just talk about that's just separate in part from one particular member, um, and maybe it just kind of affects them all or, or whatnot. So for this first episode, Residence Round, um, what I thought would be interesting, um, or uh, by way of introduction, because again, we're still just trying to get to know each other, so to speak, um, I felt like it'd be just nice to share a little bit of my origin story and just how did I become a fan, right? Um, and, and and more so than that, how did I become a stan even? Uh, this is probably... So uh, just for context, you know, my number one is Beyonce. I mean, you know, she's on her own planet in, in terms of lists and ranking. Like, she's just her own thing. I think I've seen her in concert like four times. I've bought all the merch. I I love Beyonce. Number two is Rihanna. Um, I I haven't gone to a Rihanna concert yet, but I have purchased tickets for friends and my nieces and things like that. So... Um, I I have purchased uh, her content, but I I just haven't um, gone myself. So one day, like whenever Outside opens back up fully for everybody um, and Rihanna gets, you know, who knows when Rihanna will um, ever (laughs) um, release new music. Actually, just I want to say two days ago, she released um, kind of re-releases of her old albums in vinyl form. And I wanted the anti, but when I saw it, I think Anti was sold out within three hours. So I saw it when she posted it, and I didn't jump on it right away. I thought I had, you know, maybe an hour or two. When I came back, Anti was sold out. I was like so upset, but whatever. And then number three on my list is Mamamoo. Um, so, you know, Beyonce, Rihanna, Mamamoo. And to me, Beyonce and Rihanna, those they're global superstars. They don't need my help, but I think Mamamoo does. You know, I want them to be bigger than they are. And that's why I'm here in this podcast. So how did I get here, you know, in terms of wanting the best for these ladies and wanting them to be, you know, global superstars for, you know, world domination? How did I get here? Um, So uh, my origin story starts back in October of 2020. Um, So not too long ago. It's been about a year now. Uh, We're sitting in November of 2021. And it actually starts, so my, my journey to Mamamoo actually starts with Blackpink. So, the exact weekend I became a fan was with the weekend that the Blackpink documentary came out on Netflix. Um, so, whatever that weekend was, I want to say it was late October and of 2020, and um, it was one of those times, so it was right before, I remember, it was right before the election, uh, the 2020 election, and I, I, along with a lot of other people, were probably stressed the fuck out. Um, I... I could not I was so I, it wasn't until I got to the other side of it and it kind of went the way in which I wanted it to go um <laughs> that I released some of the tension but I was I didn't know how stressed the fuck out I was until after the election and even then it was like a re- there was like a, all the counting and remember Michigan and and Georgia love Georgia but you know it had, it went down to the wire and it became this like almost you know constitutional crisis <laughs> and this is on the back end of four years of just con- near constant you know just new cycle of negativity and things like that so it was a very very tough time and i remember i was not doing well just mentally because i was so scared right um anyway so blackpink i i didn't know of blackpink um I, and even though i have netflix i never use it like i'm not the I know people, like, live on Netflix, but I actually don't watch Netflix a lot. Um, so I just log in randomly one day, and I think it was, like, um, the the documentary had just come out, like, that day. So whatever the day was, maybe it was, like, a Thursday or a Friday. I don't know when it came out, but I feel like it came out that day. And then I didn't watch it then, but I was like, oh, I'll watch it on the weekend. So I, whatever day it came out, I actually waited until the weekend. So maybe, like, a, that Saturday after the release date. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I'll circle sort of go back to it. So, and I did it's one of the rare occasions where I was like, I wasn't doing shit. And I was like, okay, let me watch something. And I, I personally, if I do watch something on Netflix, it's um, going to be a music documentary. So I watched the music documentary on Quincy Jones. That was good. Uh, the one on um, uh, Big Flo and Ollie, because like, they're a French uh, rap duo of, composed of two brothers. Um, and then uh, there's a French uh, uh, rapper named Gims. I watched that one. And then in my queue, I think there's one about... Uh, Nina Simone is in my queue I need to watch that soon Um, I think there's also I watched the I feel like there's one on Lady Gaga and then I started the Ariana Grande um, music documentary but I'd never finished it because I just I don't know something about it I didn't um, it didn't catch my it didn't catch my attention too much so I started but never finished it. I probably won't circle back but just in general I like music documentaries because to me you know not only am I getting new music, I'm getting to know the artist, and I just like I like the whole behind the scenesness of things. Like you can see the crowds, you can see the adoration, you can see their creative process, all that stuff. I love it. So when I clicked, so I just clicked start on, you know, again, I had no background in K-pop. Didn't even know what the fuck I was about to get into. I just put press play on Blackpink documentary. And wow, so that was actually very eye-opening, and you know, they, to me, (laughs) at the time, and again, with no reference, but they just reminded me of like a real-life version of like Jim and the Holograms. Uh, They were, there's, even if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen the stills of them in like these pink outfits and stuff. I want to say it was their Osaka uh, performance in a concert. Anyways. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, it was a very good introduction to like, you know, the, the terminology, the emphasis on age in South Korean culture, um, the, the, the big management firms, you know, like the big three in terms of YG, SM and, and others. Um, so it was just, it was really good primer for someone like me who had no context or awareness. Um, so once I got that, you know i just went all in i was like okay um you know blackpink so i was all about blackpink and that's that was my entry it's almost like um the low-level drug that you know exposes you to this this other world right um and i really to this day i still love them um and i i consumed all of their content um you know they they're not prolific per se in terms of content um except for i mean definitely they have all their endorsements and ads i did watch their you know uh, 24365, um, I watched all of their background and their blogs and all that stuff. I went through all of that content, you know, between over the holidays and stuff. So I just basically binged everything about them. And leading up to, they did a concert, like an online concert. And it was supposed to be, I want to say it was supposed to be in December, but it got kicked out because of COVID um, and some of the regulations in South Korea at the time. They actually had to move it and push it out to January. So January comes in, I think it was January 29th. Um, they had uh, Blackpink had their online concert and um, it was really good Um, but also like during that time so during that time I also between October and January I actually lost my father so he passed on and you know it just wasn't um, uh, in a good place per se and um, what happened was um, uh, you know when you're feeling down it K-pop to me represented especially like during the election and then during the experience of loss k-pop represented like a fresh um you know positive you know very you know pop you know bubble bubble gum pop even um a sense of escapism i mean it was just so so um fun and you know whereas if you're having a bad day you can kind of go in and get into full immersion into this other world and to me it truly was another world I mean new culture new language new styling you know everything that they were doing was different so it was enough for me to kind of disengage a little bit and I know that doesn't sound healthy but it was just something it it was very very good for me at the time because I was able to have something positive in my life and I was actually able to enjoy something and just be fun and, and even kind of just check out a little bit and just lay my burdens down right I could lay my burdens down watch you know, Blackpink. You know, just I don't know. Do go to like a, a fun house and bounce on trampolines and stuff. <laughs> so um, it was really, and you know, the music wasn't that bad. I mean, again, do do do. I think was the first song. Uh, well, the first music I got exposed to for Blackpink was the music in the documentary, and I think it was Coachella. Maybe you know, Kill This Love or Do 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 was one of the first songs I can't heard from them. Long story short, so I did the to the point where I actually paid money. To uh, participate in a virtual concert, and at the time, I'll never forget. But I was at I was at my my father's house, and I was by myself because I was you know tending to the house and trying to go through all the motions of this. And he has this huge house, and um, it I felt very um, it's almost like a museum, right? And I felt um, so I'm sl- laid up on the couch. I didn't want to be in any of the bedrooms at the time because I was like ah, um, <laughs> it's just too much emotional. So I was like let me I was camped out on the couch. I had my laptop, and I have a huge, you know, screen laptop. It's a gaming laptop. Anyways, um, so I was watching this concert, and I loved it. I mean, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. It was a good time. And, again, it, it represented to me escapism. And, um, and, you know, for them, it wasn't video on demand. It was just you you had to be in place in real time to watch when they did the, re, the re-airs, even. Um, so so the first run and then the re-airs. So, but I know after the first run there's you know very um great individuals out there that will you know provide clips on YouTube and I'm getting to Mama move but let's I'm just telling the story so after the the Blackpink concert the online concert ended I was like oh well I want to relive these great moments right so I went to YouTube and um, I would. I just think I typed in like, because even I was so new to K-pop, I didn't even know what to type in, right? I don't even think I typed in. I think I said Blackpink K-pop concert or something. You know, like something generic, and then it. You know, of course, you know I saw maybe one or two clips, but they were very short. You know, they're like maybe the twenty, thirty second variety, and I wanted like full songs and stuff because they had showed you know remixes to some of their songs. They showed new choreography. I love Lisa. Um, and, but in, in that concert though, I actually had a new appreciation for, um, uh, Jenny, uh, Jenny had a, uh, Jenny in red, I forget in that concert was just, she's so fierce. I love her anyways. So, but so long story short, just in fact, I jumped to how I got to Mamamoo. So when I was looking, I was online and I was looking for video clips of the concert I had just watched from Blackpink. And then, so I guess I typed in concert K-pop and the algorithm, so I'm thankful to the algorithm because I think the algorithm actually put as a suggestion, a Mamamoo concert, right? So I was searching for a concert and it, it provided me a Mamamoo concert. And, and the thumbnail is, and now I know what it, I mean, now I know everything, but at the time it was the, the thumbnail from the Four Seasons, Four Colors uh, uh, Mamamoo concert when they did it in Japan. And they were basically wearing business suits in their primary colors. So Hwasa was in a yellow suit. Wien was in white. Solar was in blue. And Moonbyul was wearing her red suit. And when I saw the thumbnail, and it just showed like the four of them, and probably they had their, their elbows on each other's shoulders, I was like, what the hell is this? Because, <laughs> again, everything I I thought I knew about K-pop was, you know, it was very bubblegum- you know, very, you know, high fashion Nista, even, right? Um, because of Blackpink, you know, they're a certain, you know, they're a girl boss or what do you call it? Girl crush, right? Um, type of styling. And in my short survey of all the other girl groups, it seemed like they were all kind of, you know, they all wear mini skirts and, you know, high heels or, and they're the baddest. Like I said, Jim, Jim and the holograms, right? So when I saw the thumbnail, you got four girls in suits and I was like, what <laughs> does it, how does that even happen? And are they are they doing like a skit or something so I was like, "I tell me more, so I click on it, and it was uh the song was my
1: star <laughs> you're the only one that did my star my star, my star. My star, star, uh, uh. (laughs) my star, my star, star, uh, uh. star, uh, uh. oh, oh, hell. So my first
0: song that I ever heard from Moo was My Star, which is that banger of a hit. It's a B-side. So honestly, if I had just started like, oh, let me discover Mamamoo, I probably, it would probably be like a year before I would even get to that song, right? But My Star was my first song from Malamu. And these are just first impressions. And I know I was 100% wrong, and it's almost stereotypical, so I probably shouldn't even say it out loud. But my first impressions were of the group was, I honestly thought that they were from America. I thought they were from California, you know, L.A., or maybe San Francisco area. Um, And uh, because they had so much, so My Star is like this, R and B banger. You know, they got the, the, the bass is knocking in that song. They got Attitude for Days. In the the, the the Japan concert, they got swag for days. Like they are just embodying this song. And so I thought honestly I truly honestly i thought that they were american i mean obviously i knew they were uh, because america has all different cultures i thought maybe they were like first generation (laughs) but even the the delivery of the english some of the english lines you know it sounded i mean even i'm sorry excuse me when they did the delivery of the the korean lines it sounded like you know how sometimes like an american speaking another language it just sound you know the all the vowels are open right you know what i mean it just sounds like rounder um so i thought like even when they were delivering that song i just thought that yes you're singing in a different language but i thought they they were american you know eng- first language english speakers speaking this other language in this song right and so i was like very intrigued i was like oh okay and you know obviously they had their chops like they were definitely looked like they had um skills so they, i knew they weren't like a new group so i was like oh okay new to me you know who is this group from LA because <laughs> again um, and then uh, uh, another, another thing is you know that song my star because like I said they got the beat the beat is knocking and it sounds like an R&B like I said R&B banger and again that maps to me like just of everything I had heard from a Blackpink perspective yeah they do like pop music and they do pop, I mean, because it's pop, it's, it's, it's popular, right? Um, and But, you know, to me, even when they were getting swagged out, so to speak, like even Lisa's probably the best one that kind of has like the culture in her, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's not her culture, but um, she can access it. But you know it's like something they're putting on to, to, to put into that video. It's not inherent in them, if that makes sense. But when I saw my star you know, being delivered from Mama Moo, I was like, oh, they got the culture. You know what I mean? Like, they got it. That's why I thought they were from America. I was like, oh, they got the swag. They got the whole thing. They probably grew up on this, and this is who they are, right? It felt more genuine, even though I know it's not, you know, I think... And there's some... Since then, I've watched other K-pop, you know, um, documentaries that talk about, you know, the origins of K-pop come from... The uh, you know, South Korean artists mimicking um, African American and, and black culture, uh, and basically bringing it to South Korea and repackaging it. So, I think you know, because of that origin story of uh, just K pop in general, I think a lot of it kind of builds out into uh, from that kind of foundation. And in fact, again, you can agree with me or not, but again. They have a documentary out there, and I'll, I'll put hyperlinks, that, you know, the generation one artists were like, no, we saw them do it and we mimicked it, right? They, they don't even try to hide it. <laughs> so, um, and they, they actually take pride in it and say, okay, yes, we started there, but we tried, we now made it, it's now a whole institution in and of our own. So when you say K-pop, it does actually mean a certain thing. But the foundation comes from African-American culture and Black culture. So... So all that to say, you know, even though that's K-pop foundation, not every group kind of fits the mold, right? You could tell it's like, you know, <laughs> it's not a good alignment sometimes. And you could tell who's genuine, who's not, and who's into the music and the culture and who's not, right? So Mamamoo, they were in it. They embodied this R&B kind of sound in a way that I hadn't seen especially from I mean my only frame of reference at to that point was Blackpink and I was like there's no way Blackpink can do that right <laughs> and don't get me wrong they are girl bosses in and of themselves I love them they can't do what Mamamoo was doing so when I saw Mamamoo I was like wow k-pop can do this right um so long story short um and then and back to my first impression so You know, you had, so my first, the first person I saw was Huasa in that yellow, right? That, um, that yellow jumped out. She had the tawny kind of brown, um, hair, like the California brown, you know, she had her hair styled like somebody who lived out in California that went to the beach every day, right? You know, that sun-kissed, you know, type of styling, long hair, and I knew it was extensions, but you know, with the nails, just the way she like threw her hand around her gestures, you know, it's, it's, it was it's almost like hip-hop, right? You know, she was, she's in the culture. So I was like, okay, there goes your girl. And then my impression of Moonbill. So Moonbill, you know, again, she looked like she was, um, you know, I don't know where she's from, but I, I knew she was, she had like kind of, and that's and part of her charm, right, is that kind of, um, um, not pseudo, what's the word? Androgynous, like that androgynous type of look. And, and she had that deep voice, right? And I was like, wow, you know, because again, I'm used to black pink and they just look a certain way and do a certain thing. So when I saw Moonbyul, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then lastly, even Huyen. So Huyen was in the white. And during that time, he says, I know you guys know, like, she, so she had, still had the, the, I think it was dark brown hair, but she had her hair kind of pinned back. Um, and it was either that clip or, or, I feel like it was that clip. And um, so she had this kind of, you know, sometimes Wien will have a kind of a, a a cold facade, if that makes sense. Like she looks kind of um, chic and fierce, you know, like that kind of, I'm, I could be, um, yes, I'm giving you these falsetto notes, but I could also be an assassin, right? <laughs> like she, Wien has a thing, she can turn it on, especially during that era, like uh, that white wind era. She was very like, you know, so she was like stone cold in the face, but she's singing these high notes and hitting the choreography and she's sounding like an angel, right? Everything that we know about her voice. But even that kind of glacial stillness in her face, um, as she's doing, you know, again, this, you know, R&B banger, <laughs> that was something different. Cause again, looking at Blackpink, they you know they have they have all the emotion you know yeah even when they're trying to do girl boss and fierceness you know you could tell like even in the scene of uh, let's kill this love they were like um doing Laura Croft right and they were like I'm fierce and it's like you know you just you just see it yes it was you know it was cool as shit but they you could also tell like you know they're they were like I'm putting this on right you know and it's it was just a, an act so I didn't know that in K-pop, you had the latitude to be like this ice princess, right? And I think, again, um, in in her white suit was an ice princess, and I hadn't seen that before either. So, so again, you got Hwasa, you know, with the nails, with the, you know, the kind of the hip-hop um, uh, mannerisms and stuff. You had Solar, and I, I could tell, honestly, I could tell she was a leader because she had that kind of cheer captain type of uh, vibe to her. Um, and uh, you, she was she was you could tell she was like a perfectionist, uh, because everything she hit was perfect. Um, and then Moonbeal with her deep voice and her androgynous look, and then you had We and the Ice Princess just had these you know crazy high falsetto notes. Like, I was sold, like, oh my gosh, like it <laughs> that I was like, so so my reaction was you know, again, I thought they were um. A, a new group, right? Because <laughs> you know, I just sent through everything on on you know what I know and and everything I don't know. It means that it, it didn't exist before, right? But uh, so I had to learn myself out of that. But um, yo, so so of course I went back to Hwasa and I was like, who the fuck is this? Because <laughs> she was just so amazing, and um to to see um you know her cuz so i was like who is you know the girl in yellow right uh and so then after that you know in that song like i said this song is a banger it's 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 one of my favorites even to this day after that i searched for um i think my next song so i did mama moo first i mean mama moo my star first and then when i searched mama moo so it was just like a 3 minute clip it wasn't so now, I know they have a, the clip for the whole concert in Japan, but it was just like a three minute clip of my star. So I had to do another search of Mamamoo concert. And when I when I saw Mamamoo concert, what popped up was actually now, I mean, now I know, but it was the Fourth Seasons Four Colors concert that they did where they were wearing the white uniforms. So I pressed play on that. And when I pressed play, you know, I, after some of the intro stuff, um, right out the gate, you had the girl in yellow because it started with paint me. So paint me live version from the four seasons, four colors project where they were wearing the white uniforms, that concert, um, you know, for right, that right out the gate, you know, so I saw the, the lady in yellow from my star. I got mama moo. I searched, found that concert. And then it starts with like literally she comes up out the floor and they put a yellow light on her. I was like, there goes the girl in yellow again. It's Cause I didn't know what the yellow meant. Right. Um, so I was like, there I go, there she go. So, um, and I was like, you know, in, in the concert, it was more like a Waffle House ye- yellow, <laughs> like, excuse me, a Waffle House yellow anyways. Um, so, uh, I was like, yes. And, and paint me the live version. So they just released this concert version in as a part of the best album, but that paint me version, it just blew my mind. So here we go. So, um, And again, it's not any knock to Blackpink, but so again, I had just finished watching the Blackpink virtual concert and the reason they're doing a virtual concert is because of COVID and, you know, it was them in a soundstage. Yes, it was amazing, but it didn't have a live audience. So then when I go over to Four Seasons for Four Colors, and it's from a few years ago, obviously, but it was during a time when they were full um, uh, audience, right? people cheering they had the um you know the fan cheers as part of the song so it was just so i'm i went from blackpink concert to the four season four colors concert and it was just a different thing and um and and overall you know um you know and even in the blackpink concert they even had a scene where they were walking through an empty stadium talking about how they miss how much they miss the fans and then i'm watching this other concert and, and it has all the fans in it so it was just it was just a it was i mean four seasons four colors to me it was it was fucking lit right like it was lit as hell because it had everything and um they are excellent performers so the contrast between those two at the time so this is again late feb, late january like first week of february i'm like going from one to the other and so of course you know and it's no knock on blackpink it was just the nature of the the, the environment of the day but when I, I mean, you know, the concert from Mamamoo was more exciting um, just because, like I said, they had, you know, it was from a few years ago and it had all the fans. So I watched Paint Me and Paint Me, you know, just the, 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 that live concert version. I kept, even when the f- song was over, so right after that song, I think they swag away into Starry Night, but I never got to Starry Night because I kept rewinding it back. Every time the song ended, I would rewind it back. So it's like a three hour concert on YouTube I would only watch like the first five or six minutes because i wanted that song was so good to me and i was like what is, is this right and their voices are great again hui comes in you know white and it's just like amazing and then they had the you know the um the stages that kind of went up and down you know i mean it was just i mean the platforms that went up and down and then it had some choreography it was great so i watched it about five or six times and then i was like i need do they have a music video so i actually did a stop the concert <laughs> And again, I didn't get far. I kept rewinding it just to that first song. Then I did a search for um, uh, Paint Me, the music video. And again, it starts out, you know, with Hwasa in yellow. I was like, there goes Hwasa! (laughs) So I think I finally, I don't know when I found out her name, but I finally knew who the fuck she was, I think by the end of the music video for Paint Me. So now I'm three songs in. I did I went from Starry Night just a clip to four seasons, four colors, which had the paint me and then um concert. And then I went from paint me concert version to the paint me music video. Um so I'm three songs in and I now am in love. Like I love Hwasa, she's amazing. They had it's a gorgeous song. Because, um, you know, without all the crowd noise and without I mean, and it's it's a different it's a it's a different rendition. It's a different um Uh, remix of the song is the original version of the song right so it's a ballad but at my initial thing was this kind of concert jam right so gorgeous beautiful ballad you know with a lot of sentiment in the lyrics um they all look stunning um overall and then um later right i found out how rare it is to actually hear Moonbeal sing (laughs) so because it was one of my first um Um, experiences with Mama Moo, I just took it for as default like of course she sings she's in a group right I didn't know that it was actually a rare occasion for her to sing and the fact that she was singing on paint me was a big deal right but I that was that was my first thing I was like oh okay there she goes right so the girl in red so I actually liked that my first thing was my first exposure to them they actually had color assignments right so I was able to easily figure out who was whom um, overall And then, um, and again, back to the girl in yellow, because again, you know, I was like, who is this girl in yellow and why is she so freaking cool? And, uh, also why is she looking into my soul every time she looks into the camera? Right. (laughs) So, you know, she's literally looks through the camera, through space and time to make a connection with you. Like talk about like a magnetic presence. Like Hwasa is amazing. Like just holy shit um and from the paint me music video i then went to twit because by then i knew what her name was i was able to search her and i think the first thing that popped up was twit so i watched twit loved it and and i mean obviously that's a bop you know she and then in the twit video so twit was interesting because then that's where i started to see you know um some of the the callbacks to artists that i love and things that I know, like in my molecules. So, again, you know, uh, some, there were some scenes in 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 that that reminded me of Beyonce, actually. So, like, there was a scene where she's in a, a dark place, and um, there's like a flat. She's in the the kind of the orange onesie, like the jumpsuit or whatever. And uh, she there's like a, a fog uh, light on her from the back. Um, that's that's it. Reminded me of a scene from Formation video from Beyonce, and then. There's a scene in Twit where um, she's walking across this table, and I—I I don't know if anybody knows uh, T.Y. Savage, um, but T.Y. Savage, excuse me, T.Y. Savage. I had just discovered T.Y. Savage maybe the couple months before, and T.Y. Savage has a song called "49.99," where she's walking on a table, and it, whereas in Hwasa she's on a table and everybody who's there is dispassionate and not engaging her at all. When Tiwa Savage is on the table, you know, the people around the table are actually engaging with her and, like, shocked. And they're, like, you know, trying to videotape her and stuff like that. And it, you know, she's a diva. Tiwa Savage is a diva. So I saw this diva-ness in um, Hwasa. Obviously, it showed, showed through in every every frame. But it I liked everything that I thought about, you know, um, everything that Hwasa brought to mind, whether it be Beyonce, whether it be Tiwa Savage. Whether it be other artists, everything that came to mind when I was talking or, or engaging with Hwasa and Twit and her art. Um, and again, is doing her own thing, um, but everything I thought about, you know, everything has like a, a reference or, or, you know, it triggers a memory or something like that. Everything I thought about, even when I engaged Hwasa, was stuff that I enjoyed. Um, so, you know, it, it actually brought me joy watching Hwasa because even the, the thing, you know, the associations, right? Um, were were good associations overall and then um you know so this this is a long origin story but um I like it so so from there I did twit and then I finally went back to the four seasons four color concert and of course they go from paint me uh into starry night and I did the same thing so on the four seasons four colors I kept rewinding starry night and I watched that probably like 10 times. And then I was like, oh, well, do they have a video for this? So it's almost like um, how people today, they took the best album. And you can, if you're new, you can take a, a, a song from the best album, which is a remix, and then go to the original. And you can compare original to the new one um, and, and learn about the group. So I was kind of doing that. So I was basically taking the four season, four colors, versions of the songs. That was my uh, first instance and then I, I would search for the video and I would compare the two and I would learn about the the group and I was able to do it almost in a best of fashion because I, I basically went through that whole concert um, and you know that concert had some zany moments you know they're kind of the, the the interstitial kind of videos that they put in there um, you know where they're goofing off I mean they were just fucking funny. <laughs> so I, I slowly but surely made my way through that concert video and then i would use it to reference you know different albums so i the the order of that that concert is kind of the order that i went kind of not not one for one cuz i skipped around a little bit but i but i remember i watched starry night six or seven times and then i went to the music video and i probably watched that 500 times because that is one of the most beautiful videos ever like huyen with her short you know, blonde Bob walking through the woods, singing about, you know, um, you know, looking up at the, at the stars and, and, and thinking about your lover. I mean, it was just amazing. So, um, and then Moonbill with her like thousand mile stare on top of that car is amazing. And then actually, actually I take that back. So from, from there, cause I have this kind of mapped out from Starry Night, I think I went. So I was just searching on YouTube, and I think, again, now I trust the algorithm. So the next thing I, th- I think I watched was the Queendom version of I Miss You, um, which is amazing. So that's when I fell in love with Solar, because between Solar and We In, they, I mean, that that song, and again, it's that, that quintessential R&B ballad, you know, sung with feeling, because, you know, a lot of people think that they're singing R&B, but they're not singing R&B. You're not in it. You don't have, you know, that soul, you know, it's not speaking to your soul and your 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 lived experience, right? But when Mama Moo sings R&B and they go up and they, I mean, it's like they're going to church, right? I mean, it's amazing. Um, and that song is an like a 90s, is that quintessential 90s R&B jam, right? Loved love 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 loved i miss you and it's to this day it's one of my favorite songs ever and and i particularly like the queendom version so on spotify they have the queendom version of i miss you is my favorite version i actually even prefer that version over the best album version and i know that might be hypocrisy or or um not hypocrisy heresy uh, to somebody listening but i actually prefer the queendom version of i miss you to above everything because it's probably because that was my first um opening to it but Huiyan and Solar particularly sounded great like in 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 the recording so that's the the song journey and then um uh so I think I got hooked from the very beginning like that first song my star I got hooked and particularly I was hooked by Hwasa in the yellow but then I grew to love all the girls because I and, and I learned of the girls through their talent um, and, and their vocal abilities and then uh, from there but when I really knew I was invested so it's one thing to like a group but it's another thing to be invested in a group um, the the when I here's when I knew I was invested so again so based on the timing I discovered Mamamoo probably the first week of February of 2021 and then um, and I use Spotify so on march the 1st so i was i started to build out as i was going through songs i started to build out a playlist and that's how i know i like a group is when i, I dedicate a, an entire playlist to them so i had my playlist going and i was just exploring i was going through all these songs their discography is huge you know they have like 200 songs i was just popping around so to me even still i don't have a good association with the what albums songs are from i just know the songs but i'll be going back and trying to you know, rap, put rap songs in a rapper that is the album and kind of get the holistic view of how these things rolled out. But um, when I knew I was invested, so March the 1st, there was like some kind of a distribution um, issue between Spotify and I think it was like Cacao or um, uh, some K company. And to the point where on March the 1st, all of their um, content. Uh, I think it's Cacao M. Um, they, they had a licensing dispute, basically. And Cacao removed, or the, the current contract was up. And as of March 1st, all of the, the songs and discography that they had licensed to Spotify was no longer available on Spotify. So that's how I knew I was invested. Because when that happened, I, was, I remember that exact day I was scrolling through, I couldn't find any Mamamoo songs. Because I guess they were distributed through the license of Cacao M. so I was like, of course I didn't know that. So I thought I honestly thought my Spotify was misworking, but every other song was good. I just couldn't find Mama Moo songs, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? So I was like, actually pissed. So I take it to Twitter, and from Twitter I find out I'm not alone. So like, within literally within the first hours, I was the, one of the first people to even realize that there was a problem, right? Because I was like, where are all the songs that I just found? don't do this to me you know universe let me be great right so um so that's how I knew I was invested because I was pissed and I was in shambles because I was like what is happening where can I get these songs I was thinking about going to, to um I mean I, I I could move over to apple music but I I, I actually like spotify I, I just prefer it um so I was thinking about you know where where would I go and what would I do I mean so, it went on for two weeks, actually. So, um, and that's how I knew I was, I was truly invested just in K-pop because I knew. So, I had all this righteous indignation, right, against a, a licensing distribution company. So, you know, friends were calling me like, hey, how are you doing? How you doing? You know, what's going on? What up? And I'd be like, everything is shit because of the license agreement between K-Cacao K- and Spotify. The terms and conditions are up and they, they don't, you know, carry it anymore as of March 1st. <laughs> so I'm sure it was a lot of fun uh to interact with my friends so that's when I knew it was real because it was like a crisis of epic proportion and I was taking it personal almost like a shout out Michael Jordan so and that's how I knew I was a true fan so I think it resolved itself mid-March um but you know that's kind of where (laughs) how that how I knew uh, the up and down that I was a, a, a Mama Moo fan and even a K-pop fan because I knew about this what was going on in the K-pop world um, you know uh, and I was kind of in the know and it felt really good you know like I felt good because I knew something that was going down and, and why and yada yada so it was cool and then uh, just kind of finish up here um, so since February um, so my I think my first comeback was actually Huyin's Red album and then um, I remember Waking Up Bleary-Eyed for the Where Are We Now. So I watched that in real time. Um, and then, um, of course, I was there for m Much much um, premiere, as well as the Best Album. So I bought, a, I have two copies of the Best Album. And then I have uh, one copy of, I went back and, wa- and bought um, Hwasa's Maria. So I bought two copies of Hwasa Maria. And I'm going to, if anybody out there has a, a Hwasa twit, photo book that's unopened um you know holler at me because i would love to buy that i'm trying to find the huasa twit photo book brand new that and and i'm not trying to spend hundreds of dollars on it so you know something reasonable if you can and then from that um i you know um and then i sat through the mamamoo concert where they had the black screen and then until i begged somebody on twitter um, to, you know, send me a Twitch link that I think saved us all. So I watched the the concert that I paid for on Twitch. So that was fun. So I've gone through, you know, I feel like I've gotten my reps in and as a new moo, I know a little bit about a little bit. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit about a little bit. And, and in general, um, I've been, the only other group that I kind of spend a little bit of time with is red velvet. Uh, so I've been going through their discography and I like red velvet. Um, my favorite there is, is Wendy and Irene. Um, and, uh, and they're, they're just goofy too. They're, they're crackheads. So I love them and psycho was one of the best songs. Um, I, so good. Um, so yeah, so, you know, all that to say, like, I love mama moo. I love their music. I love that they try so many just different genres overall. Um, and, of course, in every genre that they try, the the one predominant theme is their vocals. So every no matter what genre they try, they actually sound like Mamamoo, if that makes sense. And, you know, they can go from R&B to soul, funk, um, back to, you know, power ballad, pop. They just did, like I said, Starry Night is like, you know, almost like a house track. I mean, that kind of Balearic house... Um, I mean they could just do anything and they and their songs are even in, in the lyrics they're empowering as well um, you know they have good content around empowering you know women and men you know they just empowering people to, to, to love yourself be your best and authentic self in all of your interactions and to you know not uh, be too hard on yourself you know when things are up or down or sideways you know um, don't beat yourself up you're human um, and it's okay to have errors and, and whatnot. And now to find out that, you know, they have a hand in every step of the process. So, like, you know, Moonbyul will write her own lyrics. Hwasa, you know, they work with, she's a lyricist. and you know, works on the arrangements. Solar, you know, everybody, they put a hand in their, they, do, they did their early choreography. You know, they did everything themselves. And I think it's just amazing. Um, so that's why... So at the end of the day, you know, they're just so talented that I do think that they should be a little bit more popular than they are. And that's why I'm trying to, you know, started this podcast to try to help with that, um, overall. Um, and that's it. So that's my origin story. You know, again, I'm still learning, um, but that's kind of where I, I started and I still have a lot to, to, you know, um, to do or or to learn and um um And even going back, it's just been a joy. So, you know, to to the folks who are out there who have been with Mamamoo since the beginning, like since they, you know, uh, debuted, wow, like what a journey you've been on. Like, isn't that amazing? Um, I mean, you saw the whole come up, and I can only imagine how fun that must have been. So, um, because, you know, I've just been with them, I mean, less than a year even, and it's just been amazing just to see them kind of blooming and growing and, and coming more and more into themselves overall. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm definitely, definitely, you know, waiting for Huas's comeback. And I hope it's going to be, I mean, I know it's going to be amazing. So um, I'm excited. And with that, so that was Deep Dive. So again, hopefully you know a little bit more about me. Sorry about any... Stereotypes, or you know, from my first impressions again, I, I didn't mean them with any malice, I was just you know, sharing uh, first impressions. They were all wrong, and I will acknowledge that one more time. So, don't come for me in my email talking about you know, this, that, and the third. Again, I'm just saying those are my first impressions, I didn't say they were right. Um, and then, um, so this was episode one, so you know, you guys, this is probably the longest episode I will ever do, so I'm not going this long in the future, <laughs> I'm a little tired. Um, and I, I don't think I've talked this much in a long time, but, um, hopefully it was fun for you. And, you know, if you want to share your stories, feel free to shoot me an email and, um, let's, you know, um, continue the conversation offline. Um, I welcome that. So until next time. Um, so again, I don't know when the next time will be episode two. Um, I'm going to try to shoot for maybe every two weeks. Um, and we'll see if I can keep to that. And, um, otherwise, you know, to just kind of drop in your feed anytime. And again, Whenever I do drop into your feed, I, hopefully it is a positive for you and you keep coming back. And again, let's kind of grow together. And feel free to share anything with me um, that I missed or I need to know as a new moo. And um, again, you know, let's, let's, let's see how far this thing goes. I'm excited. Um, with that, I hope you have a good rest of the day. And I'll talk to you later. See you in episode two.